the show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists. Where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. What's up, what's up? It's Jared, and you know, it's times like these that I'm proud to be part of the Posse. I see it every day. You're reaching out to each other, sharing your experiences, expressing support, and just listening to each other. So keep it up. I can tell you, you never know when a single note or a comment can make a difference for someone. I've seen it, and I know you're going to keep doing that. Speaking of making a difference, here on this program, we are done with the status quo in how healthcare is marketed and experienced. It's over. It's finito. Bye-bye. It flew out the window along with any sense of normal when the pandemic hit. We are no longer pretty thing producers who are happy to let other people dictate how healthcare is marketed and experienced. We are growth engineers and we are the voice of the consumer helping design the experiences that healthcare actually needs. We call it marketing forward. So here's what's going to go down today. Today, this is just you and me, right? We're talking about the state of the state of the industry. No, wait, you know what? I take that back. We're talking about the people, the human beings in our industry, those who serve the industry. Got me? You feel me? You know what I'm talking about? It's time to process some feelings that many in our field are feeling right now. And I'm going to start this out from a comment that I got from a friend and a colleague who will remain nameless, but I know they're not the only person who feels this way right now, okay? This is somebody in the healthcare marketing and communications field, right? And here's what they said. They had a question from some coworkers and she even herself had been asking this recently, okay? She said, these individuals mainly work in communications and marketing, which are the very departments that healthcare systems needed to trim down in order to afford their providers. I was furloughed and knew it was a business decision. So no offense was taken, but many members of my team are feeling betrayed, angry, and like their job is not essential. So how do you return to work without letting the feeling of not being essential enough Get in the way of feeling valued, especially if not everyone in your department was furloughed. I know many millennials who are now rethinking their career paths, the skills they have to offer, degrees, and loyalties to their current companies. And not only did my heart sink a little bit there, but I really feel like I understood what was going on here, right? So I just want to share a few things today. This is everything I've really ever learned and felt because of unexpected job changes. And yes, this stuff does hit home for me, right? You know this if you've listened to this podcast at all over the years. You know that this hits me personally because there have been unexpected job changes in my career, right? This has not exactly been a linear career path for yours truly. So let me just share a few thoughts on on this in reaction to this, right? The question was, how do you return to work without letting the feeling of being 
of not being essential enough get in the way of feeling valued, right? How do you start rethinking your career path and the skills you have to offer and even loyalty to your current company, right? So here's the number one thing I would say. Number one, do take time to process those feelings. Do take time to think about it. Don't just compartmentalize that and try to move on. You need to treat this like a grieving or a mourning process, right? This is real. It affects who you are at your core, and you need time to process that. The feeling of rejection is real, and the quicker you admit it, the better. You know what else is real? Recovery, resilience, rebounding, right? So if you get to those parts of the equation a little faster, that can make the day-to-day a little easier, right? You know, we don't want to go through this without having some sense of recognizing that there is a grieving process, right? The whole, all the steps, and I I can't tell you all the steps, you know, but the the denial, anger, you know, resolution, like all, all the pieces of it, we need to go through that process, right? Because it's affecting us. You can come out of this type of thing saying and feeling that you don't feel essential enough, which means, yeah, maybe I'm just not good enough at what I'm doing. And that's not what we want to come out of this this whole experience with, is it? Right? We want a, a more resilient sense to ourselves. And we want to feel like we have some sort of direction, even when there isn't a whole lot out there right now, right? So number one, take time to process those feelings, okay? And that usually requires talking about it to someone else. I'll just throw that out there. So if you don't know who that can be, I'm serious about this. I keep putting this out there on LinkedIn and Twitter. Message me. I will listen to you. I want to hear what that is, what that's like. I want to understand what this is feeling like for you. Got it? Okay. But yeah, seriously, send me a direct message on LinkedIn or Twitter or anywhere. Okay. So second thought. I know what you really want to hear is that, hey, if you're good enough at your job, that you'll feel like it's essential enough and you won't be laid off or furloughed again in the future. And I really am sorry to say this, but I can't promise that. I don't think anyone can, right? So trying to equate being essential enough with being good enough at your job, with job security, you know what? In good times, in good economies, it's easy to relate those things to each other, but that's not always the case, right? I was at one time, many years ago, I was working for a Fortune 500 medical device company, and there were rumors going around that layoffs were going to happen, and it didn't feel like it. I gotta say that times were good. We were making hundreds of millions of dollars in our division. Overall, the the company was making billions of dollars. We were really riding high on some recent successes. It did not feel like things were gonna come to a screeching halt. And yet that's exactly what happened, right? And there came the day when everyone kind of had a sense of what was going on. Okay, I wouldn't say not, not everyone. I didn't have a sense clearly of what was going on. But by the end of that day, our department had been thrashed. Over 100 people were being laid off in marketing and sales. And it was not a straight up, hey, uh, because you've been here this amount of time or longer, you stay or you or you go. It was handpicked team by team, department by department, who got to stay and who who got laid off. And that was a very frustrating experience. I will say I was fortunate enough at that time. I survived that layoff, right? I survived because I don't know why. (laughs) It's just one of those answers in the universe. I'm like, I don't know why it was... I don't know why it was me and not my team member, right? We had a two-person web team for this division. I mean, first and foremost, how did we even get as much done as we did with two people, right? And yet that day came where, okay, one of you is staying and one of you is not. And man, that next day, 
it was nuts. Like that, of course, that team was never the same. That feeling in that department was never the same. And it didn't really matter really how good you were at your job. That was the only conclusion I could come to at that point, right? It wasn't, hey, let's keep all the senior people so we can, you know, so we have the right skill set or, hey, let's keep all the junior people because, you know, their their salaries are lower. So we're going to, it's costing, it, it's more of a cost savings thing. No, 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 no. There was no rhyme or, or re, there was no rhyme or reason to any of it, right? So I just want to make that clear that there are decisions that are just so independent of how good you are at your job that it's one of those things you truly can't control. Now, I do feel like you've got to dig deep and find that motivation to come to work every day, to give it your best and to treat it like something that you do want to spend all the time and effort for and give it your all, right? That's still how you got to approach everything in life. Okay, but just realize that that doesn't mean that you won't get laid off again in the future. So the takeaway is to just realize that's out of your control. That's really where a lot of this is coming down to for me, because the next thing for me is that by understanding that some things I can control and some things I can't, that's where I start. That was one of the one of the times in my career that experience making it through that day that I realized that some things you just can't control. And it's no use worrying about it. There was nothing I could do. This is a decision that came so high up in the organization that you know I wasn't going to have any any input on it at all, right? We just have to understand that part, okay? So just realize, I wish I could promise you that, hey, if you're good enough or you've been somewhere long enough that this isn't going to happen, but that's not the case, okay? Uh, the third point I want to make is I want to talk about this whole process, this thought of not feeling essential enough this is one of the parts that really hit me with this question, right? How do you return to work without letting the feeling of not being essential enough get in the way, right? Of feeling valued. And for me, here's where I've chosen to do this, where I've chosen to go with this thing. I use that as what I refer to as bulletin board material, right? In in sports, you've often heard this term bulletin board material, right? The opposing team says something, they're, they're teasing, they're trash talking, and it comes out somewhere it comes out in an article online somewhere or it comes out on twitter or whatever and the right teams sometimes will print that out and put it on the bulletin board you know the the euphemism right whether it's an actual or virtual bulletin board they put that in front of the other team right and they say hey here's what these guys are saying about us hey we're playing them this sunday or whatever it is you know what what do you think about this Are are we gonna let them get away with that and it's it's really just a chip on your shoulder right but it's not a chip on your shoulder that, that has to do with you and your identity and who you are. It just has to do with the situation and where you are. It has to do with what kind of motivation you will get out of this whole situation, right? So realizing, again, number one, that this wasn't something you can control. It really didn't matter how good enough you do at your job most of the time. That's what I have seen. It has very little to do with how good you are at that job or how long you've been there. It just doesn't, right? There are just other forces involved. When you're told, hey, this is a this is a business decision, this isn't personal, it is very hard to take it that way. And yet, what you can do is turn that into the right kind of motivation. I don't want I don't want destructive motivation, right? I want constructive motivation. That's where I can take a lesson learned from anything in life and turn it into a, a positive, a way to say, you know what? I wasn't perfect at this thing. I know I need to change and improve and I want to do that. So this is going to be my bulletin board material. I'm going to look at this and say, oh, you know what? At that point, I don't feel like it came across that I was essential enough. What can I do differently? 
right? Instead of saying, oh, you know, I, I can never trust those people again. I can never work with these people again. It is going to take some time to process those feelings, but just recognize that that's where you can go with this. And it is a much better place. It's constructive motivation rather than destructive motivation. Okay. The fourth point I want to make is about exploring related career fields, right? And this resonates with me too, because yes, I feel like I'd consider myself having been in, in marketing for just about my entire career. And yet, when I graduated, when I got my bachelor's degree, there was no such thing as digital marketing. And there was no such thing as digital health. And it's really hard to reconcile that for me, first and foremost, because I'm only like, you know, 25, right? No, okay, okay, I'm a little older than that. <laughs> but here's the interesting thing about this whole thing. All I knew was that there were certain things that I enjoyed working on. There were certain things that I was good at. And yet those things didn't exist the day that I graduated. And so I started out my degrees in PR and communications, right? And yet I, I knew how to design and create websites. I put myself through college doing that. And so the combination of those two things quickly led to digital marketing, quickly led to app development at one point, but more web development at one point. Then it led to social media. It led to related digital channels, right? And all along the way, I kept picking up different pieces of marketing until several years after I started my career, I really felt like I could call myself a, you know, a true digital marketing professional. And that was something that I didn't know I would be going into at the beginning of my career. And so this whole thought of being a lifelong learner, this whole thought of realizing that these career fields, especially marketing and communications and healthcare, uh, especially on the digital side, they are changing so frequently that it is worth a continual career exploration. That's where I have found things to be the most valuable is when I recognize that this isn't a starting point or an ending point whenever an unexpected job change happens. This is an opportunity for me to even pour more into exploring those related career fields. A friend of mine, James Gardner, friend of the program, who has hosted a couple of times and has chimed in and engaged numerous times with this broadcast. James has, has talked frequently with me about the power and the value of, of understanding and exploring adjacent career fields, right? So things that are really similar to maybe your core, the main things that you focus on every day, but understanding those related fields so that one day you never know, things might change, your job role might change, but also the value of conveying and seeing that bigger picture. Hey, hear how these two points are related, not just focusing on one point, right? So I don't think it's ever a bad idea to explore career fields that are related to where you are or where you were. And to feel that sense of difficulty with the fact of processing this whole situation, part of that can really lead us to, okay, well, do I want to go through that again? I don't know. So where can I start? right? Where, what's something related to it that I can learn about, that I can pick up a little, a little experience in on the side? I mean, especially if you're in a downtime because of a furlough, because of a layoff, because of anything else, because you're a vendor or an agency and, and all of a sudden your client work is all of a sudden paused or frozen up like so many others out there right now, right? If that's the case, what better time to keep you busy, to keep you occupied, and to keep you motivated than to learn about a related field and offer to other people 
hey, you know what? You know I'm good at this thing, but this other thing that's close to it, I'm starting to pick up on it, and I'd love just to see if there's any opportunities that you have to throw any business my way. I'm, I'm learning, so I'd be cheap. That kind of thing. It can never hurt. And I'm telling you, that's one way that we can get ourselves through this whole situation. All right, so the next one, point number five, the best thing you can do in the meantime. It's related to that last point. I feel like this is the best thing you can do in the meantime is to develop your personal brand through regular content by finally putting yourself out there. There are, I cannot tell you how many people over the years have said, oh, that's so cool. You know, you have, you have a podcast, you have a blog, or you do this, you do that. As often as I can, I ask, so when are you going to do yours? When are you going to put out that first blog post? When are you going to share your perspective with the world? When are you going to put out something? And, and the, the amount of hesitation, I'm telling you, the amount of hesitation through all of it, you have to understand and you have to realize at some point you have to push through that and you have to realize, yep, somebody out there is going to be a naysayer. Somebody's not going to like what I put out there. What, from what I've seen, the biggest reason people don't put stuff out there isn't a time commitment. It's because they're worried that not everyone's going to like them. They're going to worry that not everyone is going to agree with their perspective. Somebody's going to say something negative or something's going to talk behind your back. Well, guess what? Guess what, people? They already feel that way. They already say those things. Why not share your perspective with the world and start connecting with people who agree with you to realize that you're not the only person in the world who feels that way? What better way to recognize that you have a perspective that the world cares about than to put it out there into the world and have people agree with it? I think almost every single one of you listening would be surprised as soon as you put out that first blog post, podcast, uh, LinkedIn article, anything, email, email newsletter, you name it, the channel is almost irrelevant here. The fact is, go put out that first piece of content. Go see what people say. Invite people. Hey, what do you think about this? Just put it out there. What better time to start than now? It not only connects you with people who are valuable for you to connect with, but it also helps you build your job skills. It gets you noticed. And LinkedIn still, you you listen to Gary Vee, you listen to other people out there who will say, LinkedIn right now is still in this golden age where it's basically underpriced at zero, meaning your organic reach is unreal right now with very little. You don't have to have much of a following at all right now to get people to listen to you and to pay attention to you. It's insane. So go find a place, go put your perspective out there, believe in your perspective that you have something that people are anxious to listen to, to read, or to watch. You know, go put a video out, go, go do 60 seconds, like like these little uh, flavor of the day videos that I had done for a while back, back a few weeks ago, right? It could be anything. It doesn't have to be this perfect thing. And don't expect it to be. And you will be very surprised at what happens. Just a couple more. My next point, point number six, self-care, right? Just starting right away. If something recently happened to you, if this is really fresh on your mind, I can't think of a better way to get through it besides these things I was just talking about. You know, develop some content, develop some other things, network with other people, build relationships, process the feelings part of it, use it as bulletin board material. But other than that, you are an industry professional, you're a marketing or communications or experience design or service or strategy or IT or tech or business professional second. You're a human being first. 
You are a human being above and beyond anything else, right? Your career could change, but you'll always be a, a human, a person, a person living on this earth. And that right there is value right there. So take care of yourself, okay? For me, there are a few things I like to do as far as self-care goes. I like the outdoors. I love hiking. I love just being out out in the outdoors. I enjoy gardening, actually. It's something I've picked up in the last few years. I love just gardening in my backyard. I just love something that I don't have to be focusing and concentrating on in between everything, right? So take that seriously. Whenever anyone talks about self-care, whenever anyone talks about all these other pieces of the puzzle. Just take that seriously. Start something right away. That can even be virtual happy hours, right? Like like the Zoom calls with your friends, with your buddies. But do it, right? Don't think, hey, I don't want to bother anybody. You'll be surprised how many people are willing and eager to reach out to you, even people you don't know that well, right? So just do that. Last one, point number seven. Here's what I would say. Stay connected, There is a community out there. There are several communities that are related, that are interlaced here, that overlap with our industry. And you all know them. There are those that you have met at conferences. There are those that you have met on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on tweet chats, by listening to a podcast, by reading their blog, by reading their book. And you have to understand, we are all eager to reach out and connect with each other. And the relationships with those in our community, that's exactly what's going to get us through this period of time. Absolutely, those are the things that are going to get us through this unprecedented time that nobody knows how long it's going to last. And if you know, we can just drive ourselves crazy thinking of all the, well, what if this bad thing keeps going badly? <laughs> and, and how am I going to know this bad thing isn't going to happen to me again? Again, those are the things we cannot control. The things we can control are building relationships, self-care, developing our own personal brand, using bulletin board material, processing those feelings, all the things I've just been sharing, right? Those are the things you can control. So here's what I'm here to tell you about, right? As we kind of look forward, what does this all mean for us? I mean this. I truly believe that the, the best is yet to come for our industry. I just feel like we're at this point and we're going to look back at this year, not just for what we've gone through, but we're going to see some disruption happening. We're going to see a sea change and we need to be flexible and we need to be part of that. In fact, we should be driving the change right here and right now. The types of conversations we ought to be having now are, hey, How have I been looking at things wrong all along? What can we do differently? Hey, there's this time right now where, you know, this hospital or or these clients, it's not the revenue source it used to be. So what can we do differently now? Because that's not there for us to lean on anyway. How can we think differently? What are those ideas that we've always wanted to implement and we just haven't done it? Here's our chance. Here's our time to do things a little differently. I'm telling you. Give this 8, 10, 12 months, maybe even 18 months, and we're going to see some things in our industry that none of us would have imagined a year ago. That's exciting to me. That is motivating. I just want you all to know this is meaningful. Connecting with you in this way, this is meaningful. This is important. This is what you ought to be doing with each other. Never be afraid to reach out. Never be afraid to get other people involved in your life in a professional way and trust that people, yeah, People do want to know how you're doing. They do want to make sure that you're doing okay. Okay, I'm one of those. I hope you're doing okay. If not, like I said, message me. Let me know. Let me know. Tell me what's going on with you, right? 
just about everyone I know in the industry has something unexpected. There's a weight on all of us. Everything has just feels like weight kind of pulling us down. But we will get through that by lifting each other up all at once. That's what we're here for, okay? We can do this. We really can. We're going to do it together, and we will each be a part of this. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of this posse. Don't forget, listen, subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. This program, Healthcare Wrap, is a member of the brand new Shift.Health podcast network. So go check it out at Shift.Health. So on behalf of all of you who are listening, I just want to say one more time, thank you. Thank you for checking this out. Keep marketing forward. Thanks. And that's a wrap.